This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? I trust so. Bless your heart. Or maybe it's tonight. For some of you listen late in the evening, I know. So whether you're just waking up or just about to fall asleep, don't worry. I've spoken in many people's sleep. So <laughs> like Dr. Ironside used to say, if you get drowsy while I'm talking, take a little nap. You'll feel better when you wake up. Anyway, God bless you. This is your good friend, Bob Cook, and I'm glad, so glad to be back with you. The miles drop away and we're together again around the Word of God. Now I like that, don't you? We're looking at 1 Peter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, the last time we got together, we were dwelling on the word strengthen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The verb that he uses in this verb, in this verse, is stheno, S-T-H-E-N. We would, uh, we would uh, spell it if we anglicized it. And it means to make strong. That's what it means, to make strong. Or, as he uses it here, to strengthen. Christ strengthens. And you remember I went over to Colossians 1 just for a, for a commentary on that. And uh, we looked at the elements of, of uh, being strengthened. What, what's the first thing? Commit yourself to the will of God, filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Commit yourself to the will of God no matter what. Many a person has responded to a missionary appeal where the missionary who was speaking would say, how many of you are willing to go to the mission field if God calls you? And then different ones would respond. Young people have come to me after such an appeal and said, do you think the Lord really wants me to go to Africa or to Indonesia or to South America or wherever, you know? And I would have to answer, I don't know. But I do know that God wants you to be willing to go. In the case of a number of people, the uh, missionary call was only the beginning of something wonderful that God did for them. I was speaking to uh, Kay Arthur, who heads up what is called Precept Ministries. And uh, when she tells the story of how God dealt with her, she answered the missionary call, went to Mexico, and there was beset by a number of, of physical trials which resulted in uh, coming back a bitter disappointment. For there was the feeling that God had called them to the mission field and then to come back to labor in this country, bitterly disappointed, but willing, whatever God wanted, and in the process to see God guiding in the direction of Bible teaching and ministering to people and discipling and training others who could teach the word of God. And so today there's a great far-flung ministry in this country and on across the seas uh, to other countries. It isn't that, that, that God always wants you 
to go to the mission field or to become, let us say, a, a pastor or an evangelist or whatever. That's wonderful if he does. But he wants you to be willing to do anything, anything, anything. I remember Ron Hutchcraft was, was speaking on this subject, and he said, I want to leave a few words with you in connection with the will of God. And the first thing is anything. Anything. Willing to do anything, God asks. And the second word he gave us was anytime. Anytime. Whenever God speaks, I'll obey. And then the, second, the third thing was any place. Any place. And the fourth, as I recall, was anyhow. <laughs> oh, how God takes the life that is yielded to him without any strings tied to the agreement. The knowledge of his will. That's commitment. Then uh, obedience. Walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. See, there's something to be done. You can't sit and sing yourself into sanctified senility and expect that you'll be accomplishing something for God. Now, I know some people who are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. And so indeed, in all probability, do you. That is not God's best way. And, and we know it, don't we? There's something to be done in obedience to God. You know, I found something. Whenever I pray earnestly and yield myself to God afresh, there's always something he asks me to do. Some step of commitment or obedience or both that God has for me when I really seek his will and, and want to do it. So there's commitment, the commitment of faith. There is the obedience of faith. And then he says, strengthened with all might. There's the enablement of faith. The enablement of faith. When you believe God for something, he does the work. How often this has been true in, in, in many of our lives, I'm sure. Can you recall something that you thought was impossible, but when you, you really trusted God, you saw things fall in place? Well, so can I. When I came to the college back in 1962, we were short a number of professors. You know, the, the highest salary that we paid in those days, well, I won't tell you, but it was ridiculous. Ridiculously low, that is. And nobody wanted to come and work there. And yet I was, I was president and I had, was charged with the task of securing professors that were qualified educationally and who were, to begin with, dedicated Christians. A big order. Well, it just about floored me. I don't mind telling you. And then came a day when someone who was supposed to be helping brought a huge pile of files and said, I'm not going to work on this any longer. Oh, when he left the office, I got down on my knees. I remember I knelt beside the corner of the desk. I had a desk there that stood out from the, the window a bit out on into the middle of the room so that people could gather around it if we had meetings. And there was that huge pile of folders and, and Cook kneeling down by the corner of the desk. And I put my head down on the desk and I said, Dear Father, I can't handle this. I don't know what to do. I don't know anybody. And I can't pay anybody, and I have to do it. Please help me. Or words to that effect. I just cried out to him. And you know what happened? God sent me qualified people who were willing 
to work for the meager wages that we paid. And we, we began booking for regional accreditation for the college was not then accredited regionally by the Middle States Association. And so we began seeking that actively. And a little later on, as the years had gone by, we got full accreditation and the, the job was done and people were there and they were qualified and they were teaching, but best of all, they loved Jesus with all their hearts. That's why when I, when I talk about the college oftentimes, I say a fully accredited, frankly Christian liberal arts college. Brother, we don't wince at the name of Jesus. We stand a little taller and say, praise his name. Well, what I'm saying is, when you commit yourself to God and you start doing his will, God strengthens you and puts the, the pieces in place. Hallelujah for that. I'm so grateful that our Heavenly Father does this for us. And he does it again and again and again. He'll even take care of your critics, beloved. The Bible says, If a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. God can take care of your critics. You don't have to answer them. Aren't you glad? If we spend all our time answering our critics, we won't get anything done. Don't worry about gossip. Straighten up and, and clean up your act and live for God, and the comment about you will start to be good. I remember a young man who came in and complained that people were talking about him. I said, what are they saying? He said, they they say that I, I pursue the girls one after another, and and uh, that I'm not serious. Well, I said, is it true? Well, and he hesitated. I said, well, tell me. Have you have you sort of been playing the field? And he smiled. He said, well, yes. Well, I said, why don't you just straighten up and uh, and uh, change your ways? Well, he did. <laughs> Fell in love with a beautiful gal there at the college. Later on, they're married, and they've had a fine ministry through the years. Don't worry about gossip. Clean up your act and start living for God, and you'll find that the comment is good. All you have to do is last. Did you know that? If some of you pastors, teachers, evangelists, missionaries, I'm talking now especially to Christian workers, because you're so highly visible, you're subject to more gossip than others. Don't worry about people talking about you. If you were a clod and didn't amount to anything, they wouldn't talk about you. You know that. But because you're so highly visible, you are subject to more gossip and more criticism than other people. But did you know you don't have to answer every criticism? You don't even have to answer every rumor about you, even though it's untrue. No, you don't. You don't have to answer every hot letter you get. File it in file 13 and go on. Praise the Lord. Well, I threw that in free. Somebody probably needs it today. If you're discouraged and down and people have been criticizing you, just specialize in obeying God. You don't have to go off the deep end with something wild and hysterical. Just good, sensible, day by day, obeying God on the basis of his infallible word. God's going to take care of you and your reputation. Amen? <laughs> Strengthened with all might. And by the way, God strengthens you for long suffering and patience with joyfulness and thankfulness. Strength shows up not in musculature, not in showing off your spiritual muscle, but in doing some things that are even harder. What are they? Patience. Greek word hupotasso, stay down, stay under, don't give up or blow up. Patience. Long-suffering, Greek word makruthumia, large-heartedness, room in your heart for people with their faults. And joyfulness, the joy of the Lord just spilling over out of your life 
And then thankfulness, verse 12 in Colossians 1. Thankfulness. This is part of the evidence that God has strengthened you. People who are spiritually weak are impatient. People who are spiritually weak are small-hearted, small-caliber people. People who are spiritually weak are, are not joyful. They're, they're, they're gloomy oftentimes and despondent and disappointed. And people who are spiritually weak are unthankful. So we give you the trademarks of spiritual strength. What are they? Strengthened unto patience, long-suffering, that's large-heartedness, joyfulness, and thanksgiving. Yeah, that's quite a passage, isn't it? We go back to First Peter now and, and finish up our discussion of uh, these, uh, these words. Strengthen. Now he says settle. Settle. Oh, this is a good word. It means to lay the foundation to make stable and to establish. Lay the foundation. What do you use as an illustration of that? Well, I've got a good one, and time is gone, so we'll have to get into it the next time we get together. But you who study your Bible probably know that I'm going over Matthew 7, where our Lord Jesus told about the right kind of foundation. We'll talk about that the next time we get together. Father God, oh, may we be committed and obedient and filled with the spirit of strength from God. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.